0: Love top Radio. Quiet, please.
1: Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. On Movie Beat, we'll, take, we'll talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information you'll want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. So now let's move behind the scenes at Movie Beat. Uh, This absolutely is a a, a wonderful day. I'm happy to have a writer, producer, director as my guest whose career spans nearly 40 years in uh, motion pictures and TV, working alongside with some of the finest talent in entertainment, sports, and business, and we'll get to uh, that interview in just a moment. Keep in mind that Movie Beat is your educational resource uh my goal is to provide you with the finest uh movie makers, television makers, uh, makers, everyone uh in front of and behind the scenes that can assist you in learning more about how to make good product when it comes to TV and film. Uh, I began this uh movie beat uh, website, which is Rexsikes.com. The official site is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. Uh, to connect people up with my friends and my my own Hollywood connections and film professionals everywhere, so that uh, we could all share in this learning experience. Uh, there is a new RSS feed on the welcome page. You can subscribe and be updated, and uh, and that will keep you uh, in tune with the interviews, cast and crew information, uh, what's hot, uh, what's hot and new. as as well as uh, the numerous blogs and and the uploading of of, of film and video. I want to thank all of my friends and listeners who uh, support Movie Beat by sharing this with your industry friends and contacts. Uh, I appreciate it when you promote it uh, on Facebook or Twitter and MySpace. That's fantastic. Thanks for the feedback, for the calls and the emails of support. And always be sure to tune back into Rex Sykes Movie Beat at rexsykes.com to find out about my upcoming guests and uh, what we're doing. Movie Beat is growing, and if you hear about something before we do here at Movie Beat, please send us an email, and we'll look into it and try and get it up onto the website. So again, thanks for tuning in and being a friend and fan of Movie Beat. Now, if you're listening to this live on Blog Talk Radio, as opposed to listening to the archive version, because you can always uh, listen to this as a uh, MP3 uh, file, you can get it as a podcast, but right there on Blog Talk Radio, you're able to... Uh, become a friend or become a fan of Moviebeat. You can add add. There are buttons right there that you can that you can add uh, Moviebeat uh, as one of your favorites. So uh, go ahead and do that. And I'm going to introduce you to our guest, Mr. Ronald Coleman. He's a writer, a producer, and a director. Uh, he's uh, worked for numerous productions. Warner Brothers uh, Television. He's producing ER uh, for 20th Century, Chicago Hope, uh, films like Rookie of the Year, Rudy, Sleepless in Seattle and many others. He's also been the um, production, I'm sorry, the general corporate manager of a, of a, a motion picture film studio in the Chicago area. Uh, his responsibilities for the daily business management, including uh, all, you know the running of the sound stages and scheduling and personnel. He's worked in motivational uh, non-fiction audio and video training programs. And he has worked numerous. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my, my webpage is frozen up here. But he, he's worked on numerous uh, different projects uh, advertising and marketing and commercials. He's uh, uh, recently was the executive producer on a, on a film called Gospel Hills, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Danny Glover, Angela Bassett, and Julia Stiles. He's producing and, and will be directing a new movie called Late Train from his own original screenplay, and I'm going to bring Ron on at this time. I apologize. I'm having numerous technical difficulties here. There we go. Ron, you there? I'm here. Awesome, awesome. I'm sorry. We have had a a little bit of glitches here at the... uh, blog talk uh... website so uh... but uh... welcome welcome so much uh... you are uh... A, an incredible asset to have on the show and I'm, I'm so thankful that you've agreed to do this and in discussing with you what we would talk about i know that we're not going to be able to cover everything in one show so uh... i look forward to having you back again um... ron you also uh... You went to college at UCLA and the American Film Institute, but you've got a training internship with Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? I lost Ron. Hang on, Ron, are you there?
0: I'm here. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the uh, with the uh, thing today, but you uh, you're popping on and off here on the on the switchboard. Um, I just said that uh, you, you know you, some of your educational background was in um, at UCLA and the American Film Institute, but that you also had an internship, did some training, an internship with Alfred Hitchcock, and I thought maybe our guests would like to hear, our our listeners would like to hear a little bit about that.
0: Sure. I was one of a handful of, you know, students, graduate students, that I am guessing was an annual thing with Hitchcock, and uh we'd need to be assigned different tasks, and mine at the time was to catalog storyboards, thinking that I was the only one who had ever done that, but in fact, they were done all the time and uh Every so often, we'd sit around the conference room table and have question and answer with him, and he certainly had the answers uh, at, at one I'll just give one anecdote at one yeah. time um. You know, having been through college and all the you know the official academic training, I felt that I knew something which is never the case. but uh I asked him some question, and I was very passionate about it and he just sat back and smiled and said, "Young man, this is the entertainment business. when you cease to be entertained, you've no business being here and uh, at the time, I thought, well." I don't know how brilliant an answer that was, but at least it quieted me down. Now, in the years following, I'm realizing the guy really knew his stuff—not only on the screen, but behind the screen as well. And uh, yeah, I realize that my job is to entertain and to inform.
1: That's awesome. That yeah. really is awesome. Yeah, and you've done so much. I mean, you've. Uh been a production manager, a line producer on on industrial and educational films and commercials, as well as live you know multimedia events. Um, you were a general manager for uh, you know this multi stage studio complex in Chicago, uh, and, and we've talked and and I, I think you said you know behind the behind the camera you've probably done everything except what hair and and makeup,
0: and wardrobe,
1: and wardrobe. So I mean you you have quite a vast um, experiential knowledge uh, of working in in the uh, in this entertainment business, you were the uh, the uh, producer for Chicago Hope, the pilot in numerous ex- episodes, uh, five seasons on ER, and uh, numerous movies. And uh, so, any any of those, uh, I mean, in just a general way, anything stand out that you just like to share with listeners in terms of of gaining experience and, and what they might do to uh, uh, to get more of a foothold in this in this industry.
0: Um, well, I'm not. I don't know a lot. I know you know what I've been given the opportunity to learn, and the one thing that I that I can say is take any opportunity, and you know always have an open mind and feel free to ask questions at the appropriate time, and recognize that as much as we may think we know, there are people who have been doing this for a long time. And, you know, especially the people in the crew, they've worked with so many different directors and producers and production designers as well as actors that there's always another way of accomplishing an objective where, as a film student, you learn, or at least in my experience, more specific disciplines, whether it's writing, directing, producing, cinematography. Uh, So I'm always... Personally, I'm always open to, you know, other people's suggestions. I think that's the one thing above and beyond anything else.
1: No, it, it makes a, a lot of sense. And, and I like what you said, especially about the, the people who work these crews in, in whatever capacity. They may have done 10 or 50 or 100 different movies with different producers and directors and different, you know, casts and crews. And so there's a, a wealth of experience that surrounds you you know, when you get on a movie set. I I think that's uh, uh, very important to recognize and and to understand that the people you're working with have been there before you. Right. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Now you're owner of RK Media, and uh, you've got a number of projects that's advertising campaigns. You do instructional programs. uh, You do production management for independent films. And then you also have this weekly newspaper column that you're developing an episodic situation comedy. Um, anything uh, you want to talk about in in, in those areas right now?
0: Um, sure with us? Well, uh, a number of years ago I wrote a cookbook and there was a character who was sharing all the recipes and that character uh, was a wooden spoon. And I feel comfortable because it's a very established project and it's registered and licensed and all that. But... Uh, you know, the animated spoon is the one sharing everything, and he has an attitude like Bugs Bunny. And, uh, you know, the original concept is from the early days of cable, where I thought I could just go out and buy time, which isn't the case. Uh, anyway, so that was that. And the cook, the newspaper column is called Cooking with Woody, and that's the Wooden Spoons character. And now it's... Uh, it's in development, one of the stages of development as an episodic show. I do not know whether that is going to end up as a webcast or as a cablecast. or I don't know what the end medium will be. But it's fun. It's fun to work on.
1: And you also produced this movie with Danny Glover and Samuel Jackson called Gospel Hill. You're executive producer on that. And now you have a movie that you have written and that you plan to direct called Late Train. And uh, and your producer is Scott Rosenfeld, and you're developing that as a feature film. So uh, a little bit on that, please.
0: Sure. Um, I started writing the script almost three years ago, and uh, it went through its numerous incarnations to the point where I was able to share it with some people, and There was a lot of enthusiasm about it, and Scott Rosenfeld, whose uh, resume includes films like Home Alone and Mystic Pizza and Teen Wolf and probably 30 other feature films, uh, is not only a friend of mine, but a professional colleague, and decided that although I wrote it and I'm directing it, I'm capable of producing it, to do all of those things would be a compromise of all those things. So it's better to hire the right people to do the job so that I could concentrate on the script and directing. Um, it's uh, I wrote it with very specific ideas in mind to have control over the budget and schedule. Uh, and I can't say too much more about it yet because it's still, you know, we're... You know, people are becoming attached, and financing is becoming formalized. So I really can't say much more about it.
1: And uh, we'll let it go with that. But but suffice to say that that you're a man who has worn many hats, and uh, and you continue to do so. Uh, one of the themes that has been that has run through Movie Beat is just what you said, and that is to hire the right people to do the job. And to hire the capable, you know, competent people that can, that can do it, and not to try and do everything yourself. And so, um, I'm I'm really happy to have you as a guest, to, you know, and and mention that because I think that is, is is something very important for people to, to learn, to appreciate, and and to imbibe essentially to 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 um, to hire smart. Um, but let's 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 um let's go with this you have written the screenplay and i and i know i'd love to talk to you about um the writing aspect of that and and how and how you uh, accomplish uh uh getting your idea down on paper and and getting your uh paper idea up on the screen so um but you're also a producer and you wear that hat and so as a producer you probably keep your eye out for projects um not just the one that you've written but but you, what is it? It, it? From a producer's standpoint, let, let's begin there. What is the kind of thing that attracts you? What, what are the kinds of considerations or criteria that you use to select a project uh to put into development? Whether whether it's a screenplay from someone else or or your own for that matter. What what, what are the things that are important?
0: Uh well as in real estate they say the three things that are important are location, location, location. In uh Making a movie, the three most important things are story, 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 in my estimation. If the story doesn't, if I don't connect with the story, then it's not the right project for me. I'm not saying it's not right for other people, but for me to invest at least a year of my time, uh, I just wouldn't feel comfortable. You know, I, I don't want to just take a job to take a job. Because of the you know the personal investment, and um, so the story has to connect with me. If the screenplay is all over the map and is too expensive to pull together, I would have to tell the people that it's too expensive a project for my liking because I'm not comfortable with you know, gazillion dollar productions that are taking place on the moon. Uh, So, I like to follow the, you know, the three keys to an independent film, you know, being able to be done within a moderate budget and in some control, which is to have a contemporary story, a limited number of locations, and a limited number of principal cast members. So... I don't know if that really answers your question, but those are the things that I look for in a story: is, you know, if, it, if it's manageable and if the story connects.
1: No, that's excellent. Absolutely excellent. Now, uh, well, let's go with each of those. So, so you have some objectives when it comes to picking a project, or even, or and I imagine you wrote your project with with these principles in mind. Yes. And Thank without you. giving away which, without we, we won't go into what the script is about. But, but uh, you might wish to you know elaborate on on each of these. I mean, you, you know, when it comes to either selecting a pro, do you as a producer, you somebody, you if you find a screenplay, let's let's approach it from that side first. You find a screenplay. Somebody somebody it lands on your desk. It's gone through readers or however it gets to you, and and you connect with it. You go, this is this is good. Do you have a hand in shaping it or in telling the writer to rewrite it or you know how does that, how does that process work because you know what if there are too many cast members or too many locations or something do you you know you go I really like this but and and then I assume it it depends on whether people are willing to work at that level but yeah, if, what kind of input do you have
0: if um if we agree to work on a project then The first thing is that filmmaking is a collaborative art. There is no, you know, if you're a painter, a photographer, musician, sculptor, you know, all these different things you can do alone. Uh, As a filmmaker, you really need a team to do that. And there are a lot of less experienced filmmakers who feel that their script is unchangeable, that they will not compromise and maybe for their project it's it's right, but I don't feel comfortable entering into a working relationship if the person won't work with a team. Uh, but if we have, if you have a script and you and I decide that you know we should probably work on this together, I think just a very open dialogue about is this character necessary and do we need to go to Memphis to shoot this one scene. Uh, although Memphis is a great place to be. Uh, you know, just really trying to rein in on the variables that could get us into trouble. And, uh, you know, that, that whole process could take a very long time, or it could be pretty quick. It really depends on all the parties involved. Uh, I like working with Scott Rosenfeld because he definitely understands how a script needs to move having worked on so many projects myself. So it's nice to have somebody else tell me things that I may tell other people, but I don't hear myself. So that kind of collaboration is very helpful.
1: Uh, that, that is awesome. I'm going to ask you this. Um, we have uh, some very, very advanced listeners on Beat, and we've got some very um novice listeners on movie beat and everything in between. And so when you say that, that he understands how a script should move, what can you elaborate on that? What what exactly do you mean?
0: Um boy.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> uh, the script, you know, in my experience, if the script I read doesn't get my attention in the first three pages, uh huh. It's going to be very difficult to get my attention. Um So I try, when I'm writing, I try to make sure that the audience is involved or the reader is involved from the beginning. And, uh, I mean, you've read Late Train. You know that it starts, the first scene is in black, and it's all audio. And it's not just, I don't do it just to be flashy, but I do it because it helps tell the story. So these things are, you know, painting the picture with words is what the screenwriter's job is. Uh, just as the cinematographer's job is painting with light, for lack of a better phrase.
1: Um,
0: I think I'm off mark with your question. No, no,
1: no, no, no. I think I think you're absolutely on the mark. I, you know, I, you, what I mean, and using your screenplay as an example, I mean. Um, I mean, what you said is that that it you know you want to you want to grab somebody within the first few pages. If you're not interested, nobody else might be interested either, and and you are writing with an audience in mind in the sense that you want to keep them involved. And and uh, you know, the cinematographer should be doing you know, you're writing with word pictures and you're and you're 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 telling and describing a story, but there's a certain a certain way of grabbing and gripping and holding people, and, and I think that's what you're addressing, both from the writing standpoint, or whether or whether it's from the cinematographer standpoint. Um, I, I would I would I would venture to say the same thing happens with sound and sound design that, that the the sounds and the and the and the music and all those things are you know you said it's a collaborative effort. So all these things are put together you know to create this ride for people to go on this this journey from beginning through the middle and to the end, and at each point there needs to be you know, certain things that keep them and hold them and, and that maybe they raise questions that, that keep them hanging in longer. So, no, I, I think you're right on the mark right there. And especially, you know, having worn both hats, when you, you're producing and you're looking for these elements and you're working with the team, now you've written a screenplay and you're going to be directing it and bringing it to life. And so you have, you know, those that criteria, you know, in place for, for making your own movie. I, I think those are excellent points. Um it, now you said contemporary story in limited number of locations and, and limited number of cast. Um, why would that be important in terms of, of, of choosing a project?
0: Well, limited, simply yeah. if you're if you're writing a if you're doing a project and it takes place 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, a lot of the the look will change: the cars, decor, fashion, uh, the music, props. You know, magazines, whatever you're seeing, you know, packages on a counter, all these things have changed. But if it's contemporary, you can just go out and get it, borrow it, you know, purchase it, whatever you want to do. Uh, the limited number of locations, every time you have a company move, whether your company is 100 people with 30 vehicles or a cameraman, a director, and an actor, you're still moving, and that takes time. So if you can tell the story in a limited number of company moves, you're ahead of the game, you know schedule wise and budget-wise, and then likewise, with a, a limited number of cast members, it just you know it's it's not a linear thing that I'm adding another actor here or another actor there. It's and actors meaning actor, actress. Um, it means that each one of these individuals has a story to tell, you know, hair, makeup, wardrobe, props, uh, setups, you know, each sequence has to take these other characters into consideration. So if you can confine your production to a smaller number of cast members and not sacrifice the integrity of what you're trying to accomplish, I think you'll have more control and can, as, Friends might say, let's see the money on the screen you know, rather than moving around the city or the country. So those are the, to my way of thinking, those are the three most important things to keep in mind if you're trying to tell a story in a cost-effective and efficient way.
1: Well, what I like about what you said is that I mean, it, it, there's, there's a, a sense of pragmatism. You're being, you're, it's being pragmatic. It, it's, it's saying you can be wildly creative within these confines. I mean, you, you know, it's not about not uh, having an incredible story or being wildly creative, but it, it's, it's setting some parameters that make it easier for someone to get their project produced you know, to, to, to have a reasonable budget and, and uh, a reasonable time frame and a reasonable location set or set of locations in cash. Um, I, I like that because it, I think in terms of assisting people, um, you know, in terms of thinking about their projects, so many of us would go off and write and, and, and say, okay, I'm doing a journey around the world, and then not realize that we have a much, much tougher time getting something like that sold than we would, you know, if we respected some of the business parameters that, that need to be included when, when thinking about a, a TV show or a film. I
0: mean, you bring something up that I think is important, which is you know, a lot of people have ideas for movies, books, songs, whatever. Um, and how many people ask the question of, who is my audience and how am I going to get this story to the audience? If my audience is just my immediate family, then that's fine. But I can't expect to have investors place their trust and cash into a project if the audience is only my wife, myself, the kids, and grandkids, you know, or cousins, whatever. Uh, So it is a business, and I know there are a lot of people who approach it as a very passionate hobby, which is great. But you know my experience has been in commercial filmmaking, uh, episodic television, theatrical films, etc. And I'm, that's just stuck in my mind. is who's my audience? How am I going to tell the story? So if you have a project, you need to get it out there. and you know, being pragmatic about it, I think it very helpful.
1: You, you know, <laughs> you you have done so many things, and I want to talk about so many things. We're, we're going to uh, keep our focus right now on the producing and, and switch to the writing part of it. But I, I would love, you know, in future shows, um, as we continue the discussion, also to talk about, say, ER, Chicago Hope, or some of the TV productions and how television uh uh, the television industry differs from film, and, and what it what it's like to shoot a TV show or episodic television series as opposed to, to making a feature film. Um, but we'll we'll do that in other in other shows so that we can we can uh, concentrate on, on what we've got going here. Now there are some overall objectives that that um, um, uh, we might want to address when it comes to. Uh, uh, um, to to making this uh this screenplay that someone has written into a, into a feature what what do you, what are the main objectives that that uh, you consider important
0: um well i think the first one is to know your audience okay who am i who who am i telling the story to
1: mm-hmm.
0: and as a writer neil simon taught at one of my classes that i took that I actually stayed awake through the entire course. Uh, (laughs) No, no, uh, I know nobody's ever dozed off in college. But um, Neil Simon said that he starts by writing a letter. Uh, The whole story comes out in a letter. You know, dear Rex, this happened to me today, and you start fleshing it out in that fashion. Now you have an audience, Rex, now you have a story that, as rough as it may be, is at least a story, and from that you can start fashioning the screenplay. So every screenplay, or now I'm going to get in trouble by saying every, a majority of screenplays are short stories. You know, it's something that occurs that can be shared in about an hour and a half to two hours. So I, I consider that a short story. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first question is, who am I addressing the letter to? You know, so that makes sense. Who's my audience? And what is it I want them to do as a result of this project? Do I want them to be entertained? Do I want to move them to tears? Do I want them to be scared out of their skin? Uh, do I want them to feel patriotic? Do I want you know, want them to have a refined sense of purpose, sense of responsibility. Don't want to distract them. Don't want to educate them. You know, all the different objectives that we have when we tell anybody anything. You know, I want to go to the store. Great, there's a story. You know, <laughs> um, you know why didn't you do your homework? Well, somebody ate my dog who ate my homework. You know, so <laughs> there's always a story out there. And once we know who we're talking to and what we would like to elicit from them, for me, it's easier to tell the story
1: well i i you know you know you again, Ron, you bring up some really important points you have this overall theme or this overall objective in terms of what you want you know the audience to feel, whether it's to be scared or to be patriotic um but I imagine as well within. Within the story, there are scenes, or in each scene, there might also be objectives at that particular time. That, as a writer or a director, that you're seeking to fulfill. Um, so, while there might be an overall blanket, um, you're also you're also taking um, moments, you know, within the movie, and, or within the feature, and uh, and 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 working. I would imagine, with those same kinds of questions, what do I want them to feel here? What do I want them to think here? What do I want them to do here? Exactly. What would that be?
0: Yeah, You're right. You're absolutely, every scene, every sequence should have an objective. Uh, I studied with Lee Strasberg when I was working as an actor, and he said the last resort of the actor should be to say the words, that your inner life should... Be boiling over with whatever the objective is, and at that point you express the lines that were written. You don't just wait your turn and talk. Um, so each character has an objective. You know, each character has a life within the story that we're sharing, and each scene, as a result, even the characters who are not speaking in that scene, what are they listening to? Do they care? Are they purposely ignoring it, you know. Every single as a director, it's every single element of that has to have a reason to be there and has to advance the story.
1: Well that's that's fascinating because you know some people have, have even turned background as wallpaper, you know, with the idea I I suppose some people think that it's just it's just there and what's ever there is okay. Whereas other people would wallpaper a room to create a, a specific effect. So your background players uh, could be considered incredibly important in creating the ambiance, along the lines of what you just said, even if they're not speaking, you know, what are they doing and what are they listening to and what are they thinking or feeling?
0: Sure. Have you ever been in a restaurant and you're about to say something to the person you're with, but you notice that the people at the next table may be paying attention? So that's Mm -hmm. their background. If that were a scene, those would be extras or featured extras. They're very important. They're they're a very important part of telling the story. Um, You know, in a fight scene, two people fighting alone, it's very dramatic. But what are the onlookers? How are they responding to it? Are they cheering them on? Are they afraid? You know, what have you. So, you know, everything on a set is critical, whether we see it on the screen or not.
1: Oh, that's fantastic advice. That really is. I, I appreciate that. And, 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 and you said it, and I'm just going to kind of repeat it, and that is that uh, like in, in the restaurant or the fight scene, there's also the interaction, spoken or unspoken, between the, the principal players and the background. If, if people were over-listening in a, in a restaurant and, and the actor noticed that somebody might be paying attention, that might shape how they then decide to play their scene. They might deliver it in more hushed tones or whispers or, or, you know, I mean, the way we would in real life, as opposed to just blurting something out loudly. Absolutely. I think that's very, very valuable advice there, Ron, and, and I appreciate that. I'm going to take just a moment to remind people to tune into the official uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat uh, website at rexsykes.com there you have all sorts of archived interviews uh, from producers and directors and screenwriters uh, there's cast and crew information there's information on the incentives and the fight for Wisconsin to to keep its movie business and, and a whole lot more so be sure to tune in to or, or, or stay tuned to the blog and the and the audio interviews at Uh Utilize the uh, RSS feed to subscribe to Movie Beat so that you are, are always updated on the latest, especially on interviews like the one we're having today with Mr. Ronald Coleman from uh, RK Media in 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 uh, well he's in Wisconsin but uh, from uh, Illinois and Los Angeles and Wisconsin. So Ronald, let us go back and. Um, uh, and let's just talk um, more, you know, you, you've undertaken and you've written a screenplay, and I know you've done lots of writing, and um, and you've asked these important questions and, and what you want the audience to know and, and what you want them to do, and we've discussed some of that. And and and, Well, what happens as a writer if you get blocked? And what are the kinds of things that uh, you might do if um, you're facing that blank page and it's not pouring out the way you'd like it to?
0: Well, if you're not in a financial position to throw the whole thing out, meaning the keyboard, computer, no <laughs> and whatever, um, sometimes for me, sometimes I just get up and walk away, and you know, go for a walk or just you know have lunch or whatever, just you know, change the venue. Um, other times, I'll go to another part of the screenwriting process. And start writing backstory of characters. In writing this screenplay, "Late train," almost every character has had a half dozen different names, and those names really mean something to me, and you, know, refining the backstory, etc. And sometimes, quite often, in doing that, I hook on to something that brings me back into the task at hand of telling that story because everybody has a life before this very moment and the characters we create are the same you know we're only showing a snapshot other than you know Benjamin Button we're only showing a snapshot of this person's existence and they had a life before and they have a life after but we're just showing you know some encounter some circumstance that they are either have control or are out of control. Uh, so writing that backstory is very helpful. Getting away is uh, a good way to be refreshed. Start describing your locations, and uh, you know, if you have an interest in music and you feel that music is an important part of telling the story and setting the mood, etc, listen to music. Start taking notes. Um, but for me, the big thing is even if I'm having trouble writing, I really try to write at least four to five hours a day. Some days I am good at four or five minutes. Other days it's 12 to 14 hours, but at least I have that goal. And I think it's like exercising. If you, if you determine you're going to walk 30 minutes every day come rain or shine, Some days you may miss it. Other days you may walk 45 minutes, but at least you're getting your brain into that rhythm of doing it. And um, I had a coach many years ago who said that your body learns things in 100-day cycles, that you may want to play the guitar and there may be some chord progression you're having trouble with. If you practice that, after 100 days it will become an easier thing to do. Golf, of which I'm awful, if I were to swing the club for a hundred days straight, even five minutes, I would be a better golfer. So I think that writing is the same thing. we're strengthening certain muscles, we're toning our emotions to be able to express them and share them. Uh, so when there's a writer's block, I think. I think people put too much into the term writer's block, and it becomes an excuse rather than, you know, I don't feel like a cheeseburger today, you know, so let me have tuna fish or something.
1: So that's a very good point, because, you know, in in just about everything we do, we've got good days and bad days. I mean, you know, an excellent golfer can have an off day based on, on whatever, or a baseball player or a pianist or Anybody can have a day when, when things aren't going well. And especially in the learning of something, there's what's called beginner's luck, where things just seem to flow. Um, but the more seasoned person knows that uh, it, there tends to be hills and valleys or plateaus. You go along and you're progressing, and then all of a sudden it seems like you're stuck and you're uncoordinated and you can't do anything for a while. And then and if you stick with it or you relax or, or as you would say, get up, walk away, or do something different or focus on a different aspect of the task, it's like, our body, our brain, our mind gets it at some point, and then we begin to move forward again, you know. But, we, but it's, it's like, well, every day has a night, and every breath has an inhale and an exhale. It's, it's not as though we can always, you know, produce consistently. And so, so we have to expect that sometimes we're going to be blocked or that the flow isn't there. But if we hang in uh, and try a variety of different approaches, you know, we'll get through it. And I think the seasoned person understands that probably far better than the people trying to, to do it for the first time.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are in a big hurry. It's like, you know, right. I planted this tree. I put this, uh, these seeds in the ground. Where are my flowers? And we, you know, I pull them out every day to look at the roots, to see if they're taking yeah. root. And that frustration kills more great ideas than just l- allowing the idea to grow. Uh, it's always a learning curve. Every day is a learning curve.
1: Now, I want to come back to something that you said, I guess, in sort of a roundabout way. I have read Late Train, and I enjoyed it very much, and, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing it up on the screen and, uh, and 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 watching it as well as having read it. But one of the things that really has impressed me about you, Ron, and and I, I mean this sincerely, and, and I mean this also about another friend of ours who, who you've met recently, Dean, Dean Chapman, a director on another movie, what, what, but what both of you guys have, have done when you've talked to me about your projects that has impressed me is you go into the background of the characters and their life story and you, and you know them intimately and you say this is what this type of person is or this is who that type of person is. This is what's gone down in their life. This is why they are where they are. And Dean was the same way with, with his movie, giving me the background of the city in terms of the location that his movie takes place in. And too often, I, you know, people get scripts or they meet with people and they go, "Well, here, here it is, and this is that." And and it's like that the writer doesn't have a real good conception of who who his or her characters are, or who or or what or where the location or the history of the town or, or whatever it takes place in. But you do, you know, you you know these people intimately, and and express that, you know, when we've talked about you know uh, about your project and about who each particular uh, person is or or why a particular cast an actor might be able to bring that person to life is because you understand who these people are well um very cool.
0: you know you're giving birth <laughs> when you when you're writing you're giving birth whether it's to whatever the characters are so these are all my children and i may not be happy with some of them at some times but I care very deeply about each of these characters. And uh, it goes back to the fact that everybody working on a project is equally important. Um, It would be nice if everybody was paid the same way, but that's (laughs) not the way the world is. Um, But everybody has something to contribute, and each of those characters as well. And um, When you go out with a still camera and you're taking pictures of tourist spots, there's something that clicks with the photographer that you want to share with other people so there's a, a life to that image so with people i think it's important that you're giving them a reason to be in the story you know give them a life let them let them grow as you tell the story
1: well I, i'm going to i'm going to venture a Maybe not popular analogy here in in a moment then and, and I don't mean it not to be but but some people give birth and they're unconscious, and other people are quite conscious for the process and It would seem that 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 what you just said i mean you're conscious for the process and you've thought it out, and you give them a backstory and a back life and 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 you care about them and and I think that I think that um along with what you also because i mean it also it, it I want to reconcile it with the other things. You know, I mean, in other words, you you care about your your cast. You care. I mean, you care about your characters. You um, you create a life for them. You think about it in terms of, say, a contemporary story. You fit it in with the, the location. I mean, you're putting all these things together. Does that make sense of what I'm trying to get at here? Um, yeah,
0: I th- I think so. Um, well, I mean, you've
1: got you've got the creative side. You know, the the, the you know, you're giving creative. Birth to this idea, you're bringing it to life. You're fleshing it out on paper. You, you know, you're you're going through all the process to write it, but you also have these pragmatics um, at the same time. These pragmatic considerations when when you're doing this, and and you know, I, I'm I'm guess I'm I, I don't want to say a formula, but a, but a procedure or a, a, a way of for somebody out there who's writing a screenplay. I, I think we're hitting on very important things that they need to um, understand or appreciate in terms of getting their screenplay uh, first written and then ultimately made?
0: Well, yeah. If you were to build a shopping mall, you'd have very fundamental priorities. You know, first, where are you putting it? What kind of structures are going to be? Who is your audience? Who are your customers? What kind of uh, businesses will draw those customers? What kind of characters in my story will people connect with? whether they're the hero or the villain, everybody everybody should connect with the principal characters of the story, in my way of thinking. Um, I, you know, And not every story has all that in place. It takes a long time for these characters to grow. Um, in Late Train, some of the characters that you become familiar with were actually three or four different characters earlier on. Um, yeah, you know, So the question is, is this character important? Uh, can this character actually be traits of another character so we could really deliver what this character is telling in their story? Um, Again, I don't want to disclose stuff about late no, train, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but there no, are no,
0: characters no. in the story who used to be several characters. There's one character who became six wow. uh, because I felt that was a way to really connect with the characters within the story and for the reader or audience to, at at one point in time, go, Oh, I get it. Now I get it. So...
1: Well, what has kind of come about, as I listen to you speak about about your process in in terms of writing and what you consider important, uh, and and while I'm 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 not obviously able to include everything, one of the things that has stood out is that it sounds like you begin the process or you or or during the process, what's important to you are questions: Who's my audience? You know, what do I want them to feel? You know, who is this character? You know, how are people connected? In other words, some people approach things with statements. They go, this is who it is, that's what happens, this is what I'm doing. And they don't consider really anyone else. They're just telling their thing. And it, it sounds more to me like you go, wow, you know, who who am I going to, you know, who is this for? I mean, you know, when you first make that, w- w- once you start asking a question, it seems like, you know, it, it has the ability to open up. You know your your own neural pathways and and make things flow a whole lot easier. It doesn't mean that the answer is going to be, you know, right there. But but in in terms of, you know, trying to make a commercial project, um, you know, you seem to go who, what, when, where, and and the why, uh, and how, and how. Right. Very good. As, so the basic you're going questions along. of journalism. Right. Awesome. That is awesome. Now let me let me. Uh, we've got about ten minutes left, so as I said, we're going to have to continue this in another show uh, or more than one show if if you're so uh, willing. Um, but but uh, you've written. Let's say let's just jump right ahead here, um, knowing that we 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 can come back to some of these things. But you you finally finish a first readable draft of a script. You now have this. Uh, Entity that that is yours, and that you're you know it's your baby you've given birth to it now what
0: now what um, yeah. well, if it's readable, if uh-huh. somebody other than you has taken the time to read it, then you have to protect yourself, so you have to register the script, and there are several different ways of doing that um, the least expensive way, the easiest way which is not admissible in a copyright court, but it's a half-step forward, is what's called a poor man's copyright. And that's just a matter of you print the document, you put it in an envelope, you send it to yourself and do not open it. And I've sent it as registered or certified mail without opening it. And just to remind me, what the project is that's in the envelope, in the return address, I'll say, you know, the 123 project. And that's that. That, if you print it and send it by registered mail, maybe it'll be $10. I don't, I don't know. The other ways of registering, which are more secure, are through the Writers Guild of America. There's an East Coast office and a West Coast office if you're. East of the Mississippi, you go east. If you're west, you go west. Um, There's a fee with that, and you register it with the Writers Guild. Uh, The, you know, another way of registering, which is the most significant, is with the Library of Congress. And there's a whole, you know, go to LibraryofCongress.gov, I guess, and fill out the paperwork and. I registered a project in February. I received a tentative registration number within a week. And just the other day, I received the actual document that when it's time to get a subscription agreement for investors, they have to know that I own the project. So I have to include this document to show them it, I own it, I have the right to sell it, you know, not sell it, eat it for lunch, whatever I want to do with it. Um, So, again, it's a business, and, you know, we live in a world where a lot of ideas are floating around, and it makes sense to secure your work and, uh, and protect yourself and the integrity of your work. You know, somebody may say, oh, that's a great idea, and run off and just destroy the very thing that you've given life to. So, um, uh, anyway, so there's that. Then there's another thing called the statutory copyright, which is, uh, really something for lawyers to explain. But I think it, Library of Congress and the Writers Guild, I think you could register both places for 60 bucks, if that. And you can do them both online. And, uh, and it's efficient and very legal. So that's Once you have a readable script, that's the next thing to do. Then you revise your plan. You keep asking, who's my audience? How am I going to get to them? And start creating a team of people with whom you can work. Um, in my case, it was working with Scott Rosenfeld, who I really trust and respect. As a person, as a producer, so I feel comfortable working with him so it 's another thing is the people you surround yourself with, you should trust them, you know you should respect what they have to offer, otherwise, why are you hiring them? Why are you including them in a project that 's so close to your heart? Uh, so again, it becomes you know communicating with these people and moving forward, and you 'll never imagine the Great ideas that come once you include another person into a project and they offer their point of view, and that may be the, you know, the keystone to the whole project to help it move forward. Um, so, that, you know, so you have that. You have a team. You've registered your script. You now need somebody, whoever, to tell you how long it will take to make the movie. And what it'll cost to do that. So you have a tentative budget and schedule, and then you're able to go to people and say, "Hey, Uncle Mike, can you lend me fifty bucks, fifty million bucks, or something in between?" And if anybody is an Uncle Mike out there and would like to talk <laughs> about making a movie, uh, Rex knows how to contact me.
1: Absolutely. Now or we have uh, side.
0: <laughs>
1: we have just about three minutes or so left and there's there's more about you know uh, polishing the script and advancing the story that I want to get to but but let me ask you this as kind of a closing question for the next 3 minutes or so you know you've written uh this movie you you're going to direct the movie and and yet you hired Scott uh you hired a producer and and in the very beginning of the interview you said you you know it was too much you didn't want to do all of it and we 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 addressed that but but i mean you more than anybody i mean you you've worn all these hats why are you not doing everything what you got three
0: minutes (laughs) (laughs) three minutes well I think I can answer it I hope I can do it in less than three minutes I'm sure you can Um, if you think you can do everything you're not doing everything well you know you could be a Michael Jordan great basketball player needed a team you know every every great accomplishment you need a team to help you at least as a sounding board and in my case I can communicate with my producer in the same language because we've both been producers but he's looking at things from a financial and scheduling and operational mindset whereas I'm looking at it and how to tell the story and we've had disagreements we've had many more agreements than disagreements but it's you know, this just isn't the kind of discipline that somebody can do all by themselves and expect to reach others. Um, I don't think that took three minutes, but
1: no, but it, it didn't. But it, but it takes a, a smart person to know that. I mean, you know, it's. I think we all need to know our strengths as well as our limitations. And there's nothing wrong with being limited. In one, in in, in by that, I mean. You function as a producer on a project, and you bring your resources and your talents and everything to bear on that particular project. But when you take that hat off and you now wear the director 's hat you 're using a different set of strengths and a different and and working with a different set of limitations and to try what you said if you try and do both, you know they 're both severely compromised so i think you I think you said it very very aptly and very very well, and I think it 's important both for the novice filmmaker to hear and understand. I encounter people all the time who who tell me they're gonna do it all and they're gonna try everything and, and they do surround themselves with people and then they don't listen to them or they don't take their advice and, and they get themselves into trouble. I, I, I you know and, and that goes from novice all the way up to, to advanced filmmakers. So um, you know well, what I think so there's
0: one thing I want to say to that though and I don't want to go over but when you create a project you've put your life into it and therefore a lot of your ego is involved. And we have to understand that we want an audience to appreciate it. They may not like it the way we do. So we have to do our best to remove our emotions from you know, the ownership of this story and allow others to contribute their best skills, their best perspectives, to make it a better story.
1: That is excellent advice. It, it truly, truly is excellent advice. And um, you know what? I, I'd like to have you back sooner rather than later if that's possible, maybe in the next week or so. Now, these will be archived, so when people listen and they tune into RexSikes.com, they tune into the official Moviebeat site. You can listen at your own leisure, you know, and, and you can come back at any time. But, uh, Ron, I'm going to, you know, when we get off the air here, I'm going to give you a call back, and we will talk hopefully about being able to schedule sometime in the future. I know you're really busy and and doing a lot of stuff, so we'll see how we can work that out. I just want to say that it's been uh, you know an enormous pleasure for me to have you on Movie Beat and for you to share your your ideas and your expertise. And I certainly look forward to to sharing some more. And uh, and and it's, we've got a lot more to talk about. Um, but thank you so much. Well, thank you.
0: Oh, it was- it's great, and uh, made me think about a few things too.
1: Well, that's awesome. All right, Ron. Well, I'm going to say uh, goodbye to you for this moment, and then let our listeners know uh, more about how they. Could. Is there any any final word that you'd like to say about our listeners, or or any, anything you want to anywhere you want to send them, or anything in the, about the 30 seconds?
0: Um, just watch movies and watch people. You know, people are the source of every story.
1: So. Awesome.
0: That's
1: what okay. I mean, thank you
0: very much. I appreciate this.
1: Thank you, Ron. All right. That was Mr. Ronald Coleman, and I am so, so uh, very glad that he's been uh, a guest on Movie Beat today and he will be back. I, I want to remind you all to uh, tune in regularly to Movie Beat, find out what's upcoming. Uh we're gonna have Susan Moses also talking about producing. We'll have Ron back. Uh, I will be talking about post-production sound and and post-production with, uh, uh, hopefully soon, uh, Clancy Troutman of Digital DreamWorks. We've got uh, Steve Ralph, who's a production uh, designer and art director, soon to be coming up, uh, as well as some others. So uh, thanks, and and be sure to to go back to the website, read the blogs, and uh, and listen to uh, all of the shows. And for now, um, I'm going to say so long. That's a wrap. And we'll see you next time on Movie Beat.